man, one-on-one coverage because the safety rolls to Jefferson's side. This guy's like becoming like a circus act. Like he could, <laughs> he could do, he could do this. Von Rock caught a ball with his thighs. We didn't nah, even talk about that. It was more of with his ass. If he throws a good ball, this is a running, catching touchdown untouched. Right. To become who we want to be as individuals, and at the end of the day, that's going to help us be a successful offense. Like, the KP does like these flips after every win. Now I'm like just waiting for him to do his flips. You can tune in anywhere that you guys follow us on social media. Shout out to Jalen Ramsey. He sucks. <laughs> Welcome to the Practice Squad Podcast. My name is John. I'm joined by my co-host, Mark. I'm coming at you from Hawaii. Mark is coming at you from Michigan. And uh, (laughs) NFL free agency started uh, this week. Uh, Already a lot of interesting things started. Uh, We've obviously are posting the episode a day later just that we can cover as much of the news as possible, which is probably a great move on our part because Aaron Rodgers' news got shared. So a lot of stuff going on. Also, March Madness starts tomorrow. So... Lots and lots of good stuff going on. Mark, how are you doing? I'm great, man. This is one of the best times of the year because you have NFL free agency going all over the place, right? Teams making their moves, trying to make their team better, uh, trying to make stuff happen before the draft comes up. And then obviously you have March Madness, which I think we'll get into it, but I think March Madness is the best tournament of all sports that we have in America. I think you put the Masters up there with it, but I think March Madness just does it absolutely. There's nothing wrong. There's no issues with March Madness. It's a perfect tournament. It's just you get upsets. It's just tournament. <laughs> it's a giant tournament with, with all you know all kinds of different teams, uh, and any given team can win it on any given on any given day. And then you also have the fact that it's just like game after game after game after game. There's no break. I mean, it, it's exhausting watching it, but it's what people love about it. Um, and you know, it's, it's one of my favorite tournaments to watch. Uh, and I, I'm a football first guy, and this is a football first podcast, but. It, it deserves hey, talking about it, and we look, will. Look, I'll say this much. I don't watch very much sports outside of football, but I watch March Madness, right, because it's just a super fun time uh, to be watching sports, and obviously NFL's winded down, college is winded down, so what's the next best thing is watching just a giant tournament go on for, like, three weeks. So it's perfect, and uh, because of that, we've actually brought on a special guest because uh, Mark and I are obviously football meatheads, um, so we needed to bring in a little expertise for this podcast and get somebody that knows what they're talking about. So we're going to bring our uh, old classmate, Jack LaValva, on. Uh, he is a college basketball connoisseur, and hopefully he can help us. <laughs> here. Jack, how you doing, buddy? Good, guys. It's It's been a long time. I haven't seen you in a while, John, but it's great to see you and um, great to be on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, great to see you too, bud. And uh, like I said, looking forward uh, to you helping us out a little bit because I'm going to be honest with how Michigan played this year, probably the lowest amount of regular season college basketball I've seen in the past few years. Um, yeah. And really don't know what the hell's going on when it comes to this bracket. So uh, I don't know if Mark's <laughs> in the same boat as me, but we're definitely going to rely on your expertise here to help us out. Sounds good, yeah. man. Sounds yeah. good. Jack, I mean, we we bring you on because, like he like John said, you are the connoisseur of college hoops, um, and we're going to get into this bracket. And Jack and I are going to kind of fill out my bracket. He's going to kind of agree, disagree, provide his insight. I've obviously made some posts on our TikTok, YouTube Shorts, getting roasted for the most <laughs> part in the comments, um, which is nothing new for me. It seems like that's just what happens anytime we have a TikTok kind of blow up. 
Uh, but John, real quick, can we just acknowledge your backdrop and and just say that it's not a green screen because yes, I mean, me and Jack, me and Jack have like this. Just we're in Michigan, which is like you know in our homes. And look at this guy's backdrop. I mean, are you kidding me? That's too good. Maui, Hawaii, baby. Um, yeah, He's got, got the guy uh, literally has whales behind him. Like he got sidetracked <laughs> in our pre-episode because we were we were prepping everything out. And I'm like, John, why are you looking? Why are you getting all distracted? He goes, dude, there's whales right over here. He's taking pictures of the Literally. whales. Every, every sunrise, like there's just a few. Because it's only two o'clock here too, which is nice. Like, you know, got the whole rest of the day ahead of me basically. But yeah, it's been a good time. Uh, nice to get away from things for a little bit, and uh, you know, make Mark a little bit jealous too while he's you know dealing with snow and and the Michigan winter. So kind of, kind of win-win there. It's unbelievable, really. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to pull up this, uh, this empty bracket. I, I've kind of picked the first few. We'll get into it though. Uh, I was just testing it out before we came on. You guys can see this, the bracket. Yep. Cool. Yep. So um, Jack, if you want, we can kind of jump right into it. I figured we would just kind of go down from top left all the way down and then do the other side of it. Um I kind of broke down by region on our social medias. If you guys want to go check that out, you can see some in-depth stuff, but we're going to, we're going to fill out the bracket here and we're going to kind of hear what Jack has to say, because I trust Jack more than I trust <laughs> myself. Honestly, I really do. Um, but let's start up in the South. Does that sound good to you, Jack? Sounds great. Sounds great. So one sixteen is any, I, I have Bama. I don't think anything special is happening with the ones in the first round this year. No, um, not at all. But when we get into this eight nine, the eight nines are tough. They're always tough, and it always seems like you get big Big Ten teams in the in that eight nine slot. Um, what are your thoughts on Maryland West Virginia? I'm picking West Virginia. I just think that Mar- I just don't trust the Big Ten this year. Yeah, I would say um, you got two of the worst teams in the country away from home in Maryland and West Virginia. Those teams really bank on home court advantage. I would say Maryland even more so. They got, you know, a hodgepodge group of transfers. And I would give it to West Virginia because the Big 12 is the best conference in the country. There we go. There you heard it from Jack. And we agree there. So we're agreeing so far. Then we get into our 512s. Another interesting thing. I'm picking Charleston, Jack. I know this is a popular pick among, you know, the, you know, people who are filling out their brackets. This was one of those first teams people started talking about. Hey, look out for this upset. I'm sticking with it. A lot of people are going back to San Diego State. I'm sticking with it. I don't trust San Diego State. I don't. I don't trust their conference. Yeah, I've been. I've been. You know, back and forth on this one all week. If I'm being completely honest with you, because I think this five twelve matchup's the most even. Um, Charleston is a mid major team that won thirty games, which is insane. And I think they match up pretty well with San Diego State. San Diego State has a lot of has a lot of depth, and I think that kind of is a negative sometimes because they don't play their, you know, their best five players all the time. So I'd, I'd roll Charleston as well. Okay. So we'll stick in there. I'm, I'm staying. This is what I said was the region of upsets. I'm sticking with Furman to beat Virginia. I know it's weird seeing a 12, 13 play in the next round, but what do you think? I, I'm, I'm stick. I think this year's just going to be chaos, Jack. I don't think anybody's legitimately good. Yeah. I think aside from, you know, that upper echelon of five, six teams, you're probably going to get a lot of madness going on. Uh, literally. I, I mean, they don't call it March madness yeah, or nothing. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I think, I think Furman's a really good pick because like Virginia teams in the past, they play really slow. They take the air out of the ball. If their three point shots, not on. They're definitely going to, they're definitely going to lose this game, but I honestly think Virginia is being overlooked a little bit. So I, I would go with Virginia, but I think, you know, in every bracket, there's usually a, 
somewhere where a 12 and a 13 matchup in the second round. So this this is probably the most likely place. It's beautiful. I'm going to second Virginia, too, because I've never heard of Herman in my life, honestly. So. <laughs> Herman's got a great campus. Hey, I've been there. Those teams you've never heard of are the teams that are dangerous, John. You know? That's true. Um, okay, we get into Creighton and NC State. Uh, the Blue Jays looked pretty good all year. I, I, I feel like they're one of those teams that some people were like, hey, they could make a final four run and then the bracket comes out. I don't see them going that far, but I do think that they get it done in round one. Yeah, I agree. Creighton was a preseason top 10. Um, they were red hot going out of the gates. They played great at the Maui Invitational and then their starting center went down with mono. They lost six in a row, but since then they've kind of righted the ship and, I personally don't think NC State should be in the tournament. They've won quad one win, the least among any tournament team that is a is a power five team. So I'm going yeah. Creighton in a blowout. A lot of people thought Rutgers and some other teams should get in, and then Rutgers loses in the first round of the NIT. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you could say whatever you want about that, but the bracket's already made. There's nothing you can do about it now. Um, 314, uh, UCSB is a, a, a dangerous team. I talked about their logo is probably the best logo in the bracket this year. And it's hard for me to pick against a logo that's sweet. I'm not going to lie. It just it just screams upset. You know, yeah. it screams like that assassin, you know, sleeper team. But I'm going to stick with the Baylor Bears because I've seen them make runs in the tournament. I know they've had some upset uh, happen in the past as well. Yeah. Uh, but they're, I think their guard play is just too explosive for UCSB to handle. Yes, you're right about that. Guards usually win in March, and Baylor has three of them. They have a lottery pick, and then they got two experienced guys, but – uh, if you remember from the 2021 tournament, UC, UCSB was a popular 12-5 upset pick, and they lost within the last five seconds. So it's definitely something that could happen here. Um, I would tend to lean towards Baylor in this first-round matchup, though. There we go. Um, Missouri-Utah State, 7-10, uh, another tough, tough pick. I think Utah State's actually favored to win this game right now yeah. in most, in most uh, gambling sites. And I'm taking – Utah State to beat Missouri. Uh, I know Missouri's getting a key player back. I believe Jack, if I'm not wrong about yeah, that. Yeah, they've they've had they've had injuries all year, but this one in particular, Isaiah Mosley, uh, he has the potential to become one of the the uh, the names of the tourney that you're going to remember if they get hot. Um, but this game, this game definitely has some high scoring potential. Utah State shoots the lights out, and uh, Missouri doesn't play much defense. But I mean, I think the Utah State picks good. I personally think Missouri's better just because um, they've played a tougher schedule. But I mean, it could go. It's it's a toss up for a reason. All righty, and then I think Arizona gets it done. I don't think there's much to talk about there. I know Princeton's probably one of the better 15 seeds, but I just think the size that Arizona has is too much. I don't think you're going to see much of a game there. Yeah, Tubelis and Balo are the best front court in the country. Um, we go down to our east. So that's look at the first round up in the south. We'll go down to the east. Uh, we'll do the whole first round and then we'll get into the, you know, Sweet 16, Elite Eight, et cetera. Um, Purdue, I think, gets it done. Um, like yep. I said, I don't think a one seed's losing there. Zach Eady's going to probably have 40 points in that first one. Uh, we yep. get into this 8 9. I think I, I like Memphis. I like Memphis to beat FAU. Memphis obviously just won their tournament. Um, what, do you, what are your thoughts on Memphis and FAU? I think FAU is a great team. I think, you know, this past weekend, the popular pick out of their conference was Jelly Walker to make another return to March Madness. But uh, FAU got it done. But, you know, Memphis has some really experienced players in their team. They actually have a 25-year-old starting. So I would roll with experience and take Memphis. Kendrick Davis is definitely a name you're going to want to remember. There we go. Dude's older than us, and he's playing in the tournament. Not bad. Yeah, that COVID um, year, man. 
that COVID year, man. Uh, this one gets people a little spiced up, Jack. Right, Duke, Oral Roberts. A lot of people are talking about Oral Roberts because of you know what they did in the past in terms of upsetting teams and making little bits of run here. But Duke is Duke. No Coach K. Uh, nice. Duke right. was up and down all year, but they seem to be peaking at the right time. I am big on Duke, and I'm going to pick Duke to win. I think they're actually going to blow Oral Roberts out. And uh, no pun intended there with blow and Oral Roberts. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm picking Duke. And I think Duke makes a run this year, Jack. Mark, I'm right there with you, man. And it scares me to be completely honest with you because most of the, there's a lot of times where these conference champions win their conference tournament and they lose the, they run out of steam with this little time break in between. But I think, you know, I think Duke should take care of, of business against our Roberts, no problem. Yeah, and my, my whole thing, too, with Duke is I would love to see them make their run because I hate Coach K. Uh, right. I think he's a scumbag, and I think the Duke winning it the year he's gone, the first year he's gone, not to mention on top of how he lost his last game against UNC last year. I mean, right. what an awesome right. way to see Coach K go into retirement. I mean, he's one of the most hateable people out there. I, John, you probably hate Coach K, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, I didn't really know how I felt about, um, you know, that, that entire – run i i would say i was so tired of just the speeches and the the hype around it like every single oh it's his last season last time look at what a great guy he is with his 30 minute speeches making the entire thing about himself after the game yeah. so yeah i'm I, I don't really know or care much about duke for uh you know this run but uh now that he's gone i guess they're a little easier to root for for sure you could, for sure. You, could you could be seeing coach k get a lot healthier and you know get back into coaching if duke wins it this year yeah, yeah, yeah. Or he'll take credit for it. Yeah, exactly. Um, His players. Uh, I'm taking Tennessee to win. I know that they've had some injury issues as well, but uh, I, I think Tennessee just plays with like a, a high pace. I think they're tough to stop, and I think they score enough to get to the second round. I agree. You know, their coach Rick Barnes is known for notoriously not being able to get to the second weekend, especially when there's pressure on. But I think this year the Vols might be – overlooked quite a bit so this might be the year where you know they they make a small run i'd go with tennessee here as well awesome uh our 6 11 game kentucky providence we got a little revenge rivalry going on a little cool storyline uh one of their best players on providence was a kentucky wildcat last year transferred to providence uh we saw that happen like with foster lawyer davidson of michigan state last year uh lawyer wasn't able to get it done but they gave state quite the scare I think Providence gets it done this year. I like the revenge game. I don't like Calipari. I don't like Kentucky. Um, I like to see the kid who left go back and beat his former team. You can't tell me that the people making these brackets don't do this on purpose <laughs> because oh they have to because you got um, you got Kentucky Providence and you got you know games like tonight Arizona State Nevada where three of Arizona State starters were on Nevada last year. So I I also agree. I've never been a Coach Cal guy, and you know you saw Kentucky suck people in this last these last couple weeks, and then they lose to Vandy. Um, they haven't been healthy all year. Um, Sheboy's kind of regressed. He was the National Player of the Year by a landslide last year. He's definitely regressed. They've learned how to um, play him, and the shooters Kentucky brought in have not been shooting. So I'm an Ed Cooley believer. Give me Providence. There we go. You know I I love I love the team that's more hungry. Right. Yeah. And I think the hungry dogs run faster and I like Providence here. Um, 
314, we got Kansas State out of the Big 12 and Montana State. I think Kansas State takes care of business. I don't think Montana State is that impressive of a team. No, uh, Kansas State will will definitely have their way. Keontae Johnson and Marquise Noel, they're both All-Americans this year, so they'll get it done. Little Sparty Dogs um, against USC. Michigan State fans, I mean, 25 years Izzo in the tournament in a row. It's obviously a great accomplishment, but I don't like Michigan State. I never really have at anything. Same here. Um, and I know John will agree with that as well as a Wolverine fan. I'm picking USC. I think USC is better than people. I think they're way better than a 10 seed. I know their record isn't going to reflect that, but I think they're more athletic and just a better basketball team. Michigan State, I think, kind of got that seven seed a little bit because of their brand and because of their blue blood image or whatever. USC, I think, wins against Michigan State. I don't think they have a problem doing it. Yeah, you'll see this trend in the bracket a little bit for a couple teams where they're – Underseeded simply because they had a really poor non-conference. Maybe a couple bad losses sprinkled in. I know USC lost to Washington State, who's pretty bad. But I think Boogie Ellis is the best player on the court, and I think his counterpart Drew or his his backcourt mate Drew Peterson is probably the second best player. Um, they had a heartbreaking loss last year against Miami, so I think I think they definitely want to get it done. They're both they're both seniors, and I think USC wins. Another classic Trojan versus Spartan matchup. Kind of kind of cool there. You can't tell me yeah. there wasn't something to do yeah, with that. All, um, not a coincidence. I like Marquette, obviously, uh, as our two. Not much to talk about there, Jack. I think Marquette's been pretty good all year long. They're a team that can make a run. I will um, say, uh, I will say, watch out for Vermont's three-point shooting. They got three guys that shoot over 40%. Marquette's kind of bad with their perimeter defense. Um, I think Shaka Smart's a great coach in March, so – yeah, All right. No do you problem. do you so do you think there's a chance? Give me a percentage chance on that on that upset. 15 If there's a 15-2 that's going to happen, it's going to be that one. Okay. All right. But you, uh, like we, like you said earlier, that's that stuff happens once every 5 years. So St. Peter's hey. was last year. Hey, you never know. This year I'm telling you this year's the year of chaos. I, I'm I'm living by that. I really think we're going to see some crazy shit happen in this tournament. I like it. Um Houston will pick. I know they have, I, right. I think they're hoping to get their main guy back by the time they make a run, but they'll get the first round Northern Kentucky. Uh, I think it's going to be a blowout game there. Uh, we get into our eight, nine. Uh, interesting. Again, you get an sec big 10 matchup again here in this eight, nine, uh, the big 10 showing their face again. I'm picking Auburn. This game is in Birmingham, I believe, right? Yes. Yeah. So and it's I a home game essentially for Auburn. I agree. I think, I think that kind of screws Houston, giving them you know a road game in their second in their second game when they yeah. beat Northern Kentucky. But I think I think Auburn gets it done. Iowa's regressed quite a bit. They kind of got lucky with that big comeback win over Michigan State. I think they probably would be a ten a ten seed probably if they didn't win that game. So I, I, would, I think Iowa Auburn. struggles to create their own shot. You know, I, I think it's a lot of if they're not hitting their open threes, which they're inconsistent with that. I think Auburn could probably run away with that game. And they've um, never played defense. Yeah, so. and Auburn's more athletic, you know, across the board, I think. Uh, a little bit of the Miami Drake, another 5-12 that's starting to stir up some debate. I'm going to pick Miami. I know they lost one of their key guys. Miami's been good all year long. I know they had a slow patch kind of in the middle, but they are, they are a dangerous team, I think, um, when, they're, when they're clicking. And I know I've heard a lot of good things about Drake here. Yes. But I don't know. I, I don't know. What do you think here? Well – Drake's uh, starting lineup is actually the average age is older than five starting lineups in the NBA. Um, Holy so shit. They, def- they, they have a lot of experience on their side. They got a lot of COVID seniors, but 
I don't think Miami can win this game without Norchad O'Meara, their big guy. Um, he averages over 10 rebounds a game. He's definitely their best big guy. But he's also he's he's also 6'8". So they're going to be playing small ball out there. Um, I the, And the spread is shrinking marginally as, as we speak. Yeah. But I don't know how you can go against uh, Wong and Peck this early in the tournament, especially when they've been written off all year by metrics. They've been, you know, underdogs on the road quite a bit, and they win those games outright. I'm going Miami. I'm not even – not even hesitating. Okay. I like to see that. Um, Jersey Drake going down. Uh, I'm sure Drake will probably bet on himself in this game, and that's a guarantee yes. that the other team will win. Yeah. Um, cool. I'm going, listen, this is a big one for me. This is kind of my team. This is my sleeper team. It's Kent State. The Golden Flash is out of the MAC conference. They're beating Indiana. Sincere Carey, I think, is one of my favorite players to watch. He's got a name built for March. I think he's going to have a scoring, you know, similar. I think he's going to play close to like how Kemba Walker played now in his tournament. Obviously I don't think they go as far as, as UConn did that year, but I do think Kent state wins two games uh, in this year's tournament. They beat Indiana. I don't, they don't have a great answer to to the garden, Indiana size, but I just think Kent state's going to outscore them and play good defense around the interior of Indiana. And unless, yeah. unless they have just a freak game inside and score 40 points in the, you know, in the paint from one or two guys, I think right. Kent state gets the job done. Yeah, I mean, it's a given that Trace Jackson Davis is going to get his. He's a first-team All-American. Yeah. TJD's a stud. Yeah, he's he's a great player. But, I, I mean, if you remember last year, Indiana was hot coming into the tournament, and everyone picked them to beat St. Mary's, and St. Mary's beat them by 30, I think. Um, yeah. I promise all the viewers, Mark, and I will disagree more as this bracket goes on, but I'm also going Kent State. There we go. It's almost weird that we're agreeing on everything, Jack. We normally disagree on everything. I could be concerned, uh, but I'm not. Yeah, I feel good. I feel this is just making me feel great, honestly, about my picks. Um, I'm taking Iowa State. Pitt played last night. They actually looked pretty impressive. They beat Mississippi State to get into the to the actual tourney. Okay, yeah. in one of the first four games. I'm st- I like Iowa State. I'm getting a lot of hate on TikTok about Iowa State and their ability to their inability to score. But I like Iowa State. I like the passion they play with. I've watched a few of their games. They play the Big Twelve, obviously a tougher conference than the ACC was this year. I'm picking the Cyclones to get it done against Pitt, even though Pitt just looked pretty good last night. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the other side and take Pitt. Um, they match up really well with Iowa State. They uh, shoot the three ball really well, and Iowa State struggles to score. But you know, there's always a team that goes through this plan that makes it to the second weekend, and I think Pitt will be that team. That's one of those ones I'm shaky on, and I'm even considering switching it right now. But what one thing about me is once I've made that first pick, I absolutely hate switching it because if I switch it and I'm wrong, I, I hate myself. Yeah. So yep, I'd rather I almost just see Pitt win and just be wrong about it and instead of watch <laughs> Iowa State win. You know. Um, okay, so I, there's a lot of debate on how you pronounce Xavier or Xavier on my – so, like, I'm just getting roasted for how I said Xavier. Uh, yeah, I said Xavier, but it's – same thing it means the yeah same. it doesn't matter it's not the first time mark and i've been roasted for how we pronounce dude it. i get so. i got roasted for how i say especially too like <laughs> especially, especially. <laughs> yeah especially like I, I don't know like they were like why i don't know whatever i get roasted johnson roasted on how he says the falcons um <laughs> yeah he you, says like you, the say fal- you say the falcons yeah, I said the Bengals. Whatever, dude. Bengals, Falcons, you know, whatever you want to say. Xavier, Xavier. I'm picking the team that starts with X, okay? <laughs> the three seed. I'm picking them. They're beating Kennesaw State, and I can see them making a run this this year. 
Yeah, Sean Miller's back in the tournament, and he's got he's some a good scumbag. Offensive. He's got some good offensive weapons, but he, I mean, he's a scumbag. The scumbags get all the jobs, man. Will Wade just got hired again. There's, so, I'm convinced, if you're a good coach, there's nothing, there's nothing that you can do that you won't end up landing somewhere else. Chris Beard know? was out of work for two months. I mean, Rick Pitino, Calipari, Bob Knight for when he was hitting and choking players, stayed at Indiana for like four or five years longer than he should have. I mean, there, I, he was literally. It's insane. If you win I games, of, uh, I got a lot of Indiana fans, and they still say Bob Knight is like God to them. So yeah, they're delusional. It's it's. Inc- I mean, if you win games, you're basically untouchable as a coach. It seems like. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, whatever. Maybe Sean Miller will sweat through his suit. I know he doesn't wear those uh, shirt and tie anymore, but that was hilarious to watch him sweat. Well, through his shirt. I mean, if you've watched Kentucky, Calipari sweats through those fleece quarter zips. So Sean Miller's right there with. Yeah. Him. Yeah, I mean, I think I think coaches should just wear wife beaters and just like you know avoid the whole sweat problem. Um, Penn State, Texas A and M, seven ten here. I I try. I just don't like the Big Ten. I'm sorry. I like the Big Ten. I watch the Big Ten primarily. Uh, I'm a Midwest person. I'm from Michigan. I just don't trust them. They beat up on each other this year. Nobody really stood out. Uh, the SEC and the Big Twelve looked better to me as kind of, you know just overall, and I just don't trust the Big Ten to win these first round games. I could be wrong, but I'm picking AM. Yeah, this I think this is going to be one of the best first round matchups because Texas A&M actually has the bodies to guard Jalen Pickett. Um, Penn State's whole offense is basically you shoot a three or Pickett gets a wide open layup under the basket. So I think AM matches up well. I like Buzz Williams. Uh, come around, come tournament time. So that's I'd a sick name. Him. Yep, that's a sick name. Buzz Palpable Lightyear. Buzz Williams, baby. There we go. Um, and then I'll take Texas to beat Colgate and probably an absolute slaughter. Agreed. Colgate's good offensive team, but Texas is really good. Really, yeah. really good. Uh, we get into our West. We'll pick Kansas to beat Howard and not much of a showing from Howard. Yep. Um, I'm taking Arkansas to beat Illinois. Uh, and I, that's one of those tougher eight, nine. That is one of the big time teams. I, I like Illinois better there. Yeah. I, I could, I could see that's one of those ones where it's like, I'm slandering the big 10. I'm Illinois I, all the way. I, I you think, are. I think in, in the past you've seen high seeds like this. I don't know if you remember when Marcus smart was at Oklahoma state, they were an eight seed coming into the tournament cause he was just coming back. Um, yeah. Arkansas kind of has a similar thing with Nick Smith jr. He's a lottery pick. I, I just don't think they have enough shooters. they really can't score the ball um i like illinois just because i like matthew meyer the i love uh, him dude the mullet the, uh, he's the caffeine addict the ugly mullet he's a national champ if you have a mullet you're and you're white and you're in march and you can shoot you probably can make a run you yeah. know we've seen him deal with baylor and obviously transfer there's like confidence that comes to that so yeah there's something about that that just makes it you know makes me very nervous but i'm i'm sticking with my pick again same thing i could easily flip-flop you guys are both making me hesitant to stick with arkansas but i have to because i'll hate myself if i switch it i will um, say though there's nothing uglier than a white dude wearing a bright orange jersey so hopefully for our sake yeah, it doesn't wearing, look good for his skin tone. dark blues yeah um, St. Mary's VCU, another, you know, another five twelve. It seems like everyone's got their different 12 picks on the upsets. Uh, yeah. we've obviously made ours already, but, um, I'm sticking with St. Mary's. I Agreed. think that they're experienced. Agreed. I think they're well coached. Uh, VCU, I, I think is, is one of those teams that's, it's coming on late, but I think they're too late to the party. I don't think they have enough to get it done. Yeah. VCU has got a couple Michigan transfers on their team and, if it's anything like Michigan's team, those guys won't play well in March. So give if me they the, couldn't play on Michigan, you know, and Michigan's not even in the tournament. Yeah, give me uh, the Gales. 
Yep. Give me the Gales. Give us the Gales. Uh, little Rick Patino. We talked about him a second ago, taking on Hurley and the Huskies. Uh, I like UConn. I think UConn's a dangerous team that can make a run. Uh, we're looking at like even maybe a final four run. We'll see as we continue this bracket, but, uh, I like UConn to beat Iona. I think Patino's probably halfway out the door, right? Yeah, I could see Patino going to St. John's here as soon as they uh, the clock hits zero. So, yeah, going UConn. Which is going to be sooner than later because I think ass out of the first round for yep. Iona. Um, we got you, – you like to talk about the 11 seed, right, making you know making some stuff happen in one of those first four games. Yeah, exactly. Um, this is my first four that's going to – I think Arizona State beats Nevada, uh, even if Nevada beats Arizona State. I like the winner of this game to beat TCU in an upset and advance to the next round. That's that is I I'm definitely disagreeing with that. Um, TCU, if they if TCU can run, they'll they'll definitely win maybe two maybe two games I think. But there's some stirring going on in their program. Their starting center um, left the team last week. Citing, mm. you know, Jamie Dixon saying saying some bad things to his face. He's already in the portal, so you don't know how that's gonna surround the team. But you don't like that. I, I, I feel like the Hypno Frogs already done all its magic, Jack. I mean, TCU football accomplished more than anyone ever thought they would. Yeah, TCU can't. Is the magic gonna continue? TCU can't shoot the basketball, but I like Mike Miles. Um, okay, I'll take them at least in the first round. I don't think Nevada's any good, and I hate Bobby Hurley. Okay. Um, yeah, I love watching his facial expressions the entire game. Um, I'm taking the Zags to beat Grand Canyon in a blowout. Agreed. Probably a 20-point win. Um, I'm taking Boise to upset the Wildcats. Again, I'm not doing this on purpose to slander the Big Ten. I do have have nothing against the Big Ten. I know it sounds like I am, John. I just – my first look, like, I just did it. It's anti-Big Ten. I didn't realize it till after I finished, you know, posting my first video on this. I was like, wait, I really don't like the Big Ten here. But it is what it is. I'm sticking with it. The Broncos beat Northwestern. First one to 40 wins this game. It's going to be the ugliest <laughs> game. It's going to be the ugliest game of the slate. So you're saying bet the under. You heard it from Lavalvo first. I, I mean, that under might be at like 115. There we go. Uh, and then UCLA gets it done against yep. UNC Asheville, even there with the injury. Uh, yep. We come back up. Let's go back to the south and get our second round Bama. matchups going here. Uh, I'm picking West Virginia to be Alabama. You're nuts, and dude. You are nuts. I'm, no. I'm picking West Virginia. Got to hear me here. Hear why. Okay. I believe in karma. Okay. And Alabama has some bad shit coming their way with everything they've gotten away with this year off the court. And I do not see them making a run. And I just think their time is up in the second round. I think that bad shit's coming. West Virginia pulls the upset. I don't trust the one seeds in the second round. You will see that. We might see all, all four one seeds lose before this week 16. That's not, that's, that's definitely not happening, but I, I mean, <laughs> I, I think, I think Alabama's bad karma is going to round out a couple, run out a couple rounds later. Um, but I mean, dude, Bobby Huggins is a legend. So I respect that pick, but I'm going Bama especially, you know, to make it to the second weekend. I mean, I know Bama's got good shooters, no pun intended. I mean, they basically got away <laughs> with murder, uh, but I'm not, I, I can't trust them. I don't trust someone who's killing people and then having their boy cover for them. I can't trust them. You know, I'm yeah, picking very West Virginia. yes, literally, you know, I can't, I can't pick them to, to go far. I can't even pick them past this round. I just can't do it. Can't convince myself. Okay. Um, Charleston and Furman. This is where it gets spicy. Um, yeah, that's ugly. 
it gets spicy, but I, I think I actually like Furman. I would, I would take play. Charleston over Furman for that Charleston. game. But, I, I mean, either or, man, it's a 12 or a 13. Yeah, I mean, it's pick your poison there. You're, uh, you're definitely living hoping. up to the upset part of that bracket, though. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, I believe in chaos, this, especially in this region. Um, I like Baylor to beat Creighton. I, again, the guard play, I think, is just too much. Um, yeah. Creighton's going to struggle to guard their guards. You said they have three of them. I just don't think they match up well. I'm a Creighton believer, so I'm going to disagree with you there. Um, okay. Problem is they only have, like, six guys they play, but I think their five is better than Baylor's five. Um, I think you're going to see a little upset city there. Crane might make a run. Okay. Watch out. All righty. Uh, I'll take Arizona to beat Utah State. Again, just too much size. Agreed. Um, Agreed there. And then we come down here in our east. Uh, again, I do not trust Purdue. I think they're fraudulent. Zach Eady is the only guy I trust on that team. And if he gets in foul trouble or, or the game isn't getting called the way that he wants it to go, Purdue's in trouble. There are very young, very young guards on their team. I don't trust them. They can't break the press. They can't handle pressure. I'm picking Memphis to upset Purdue in this round. That's bold, Mark. Uh, I would take Purdue, but I mean, freshman guards Zach. don't really fare well in March and Purdue's got two of them. So you could definitely see an upset there. Yep. And then uh, I know I'm picking the Dukies, 5C Duke to beat 4C Tennessee. Uh, again, same thing. I think this might be Duke's year and I don't like Duke, but this is the one year I would root for Duke to make Coach K look bad. Yeah, that could be an ugly game too. Um, I first time I saw the bracket, I was like Duke Final Four for sure. But the more I see everyone else picking Duke, the more I think they could get bounced by Tennessee here, um, especially because the ACC has been weak. Um, so I I think I'm taking the Vols there, but you know Duke could go all the way for sure. All righty, um, this is another tough one here. The Province Kansas State game here. Um, this is this is a tough one for me. Well, it's a very I mean, the tough. Big one. The, best, the Big Twelve is the best conference in the country by a mile. I think at this point, Kansas State just has better players, and Providence usually is a defensive team. They stand on their defense, and this year their defense isn't that great. Yeah, I th- I think I I have the, the Kansas State winning. I just it, that that worries me, you know, because yeah. I, I yeah. do think if Providence wins that first game, they're they're gonna feel confident enough to beat Kansas State. But I like I like the Wildcats there. Um, I I do. Yeah, 11 USC to make magic. Yeah, of course. We we have USC Marquette here. Um, this is a this is potential for an upset because the athleticism, but I trust Marquette. They've pretty much done it all year long. Uh, I think they I think they get past USC. I agree. Tyler Kolick, best point guard in the nation. Um, we come up here. Thirty-five minutes into the podcast. Uh, remember the banner, the ticker at the bottom. Cool. So there we go. <laughs> Always, there's always you always remember it like right in the middle, John. Right, right, yeah, just dead in the middle. I'm like, oh no, I'm not thicker. All right, and with um, that being said, uh, Auburn gets the upset here. Yeah, yeah. Wow, I'm picking Auburn as well, John. I, I'm telling you, the one seeds I think might all go down, or three of three or four of them will go down in the second round. Um, wow. I'm picking Auburn to beat Houston. I just think their length competes with it, and like you said, it's a home game for Auburn. I mean, I, I'm going to disagree again there with you with these one seeds losing in the second round. I think one's going to lose, but I don't think three of them are going to lose. Um, Houston's guards. In, in my defense, I didn't uh, agree with Mark's other two one seed takes. So. I, I, you know, John, that's John. That's a good point. Mark's nuts. Um, but Houston, 
Houston's guards are really good. And I think Kelvin Sampson is going to win a national title before he retires. And this could be the year. Oh man. All right. Uh, Kent state pulls the upset. I said it'll win two games. I do think they will win two games. Wow. They're, they're getting into the sweet 16. Yeah. I mean that Indiana, Kent state, Miami, Drake, any of those four could make it to the sweet 16. Um, I'm picking Xavier to beat Iowa state. I, yeah. I trust them. I really do think they're a team that can make a run. And then I'm picking A&M to upset Texas. Really? Wow. wow. I like Texas a lot better there. I just don't trust Texas. I've watched them in some games. They they go on these weird, like, sloppy, you know, can't make a layup, can't make a three. And if they go on one of those dry, dry spells, A&M's going to take advantage. Mark, Rodney Terry's fighting for his job, man. He won the coach of the year. He wants to get a – he wants to get a full-time gig. I think they're at least going to get to the Sweet 16. Yeah, you're going to like this. Uh, we go down to our 1-8, and I am finishing what I said. I'm picking Arkansas to beat Kansas. I do not trust no. the one-seeds. I think we've never seen a worse group of four one-seeds ever in the March Madness. Doesn't mean I they're going to lose to all the eights. I the just I think it's the year. I think it's the year, Jack. I don't know. Uh, Kansas, I mean, Bill Self's had some stinker teams in, in, the, in these tournaments. And Musselman's made a couple runs at Nevada, so that's that's on brand. I think I do think this is the one I'm least sure about is Kansas, but I, I am sticking with I'm sticking with an upset. I think Kansas loses in that second round. They're not going um, back to back, that's for sure. No, that's that's for sure. Um, I like UConn to beat St. Mary's. Uh, I, I don't agree. think they'll have a huge issue there. I agree. And then um, I could see this game makes me nervous here a little bit, but I'm going to take the Zags. I think they get it done. I think people are sleeping on the Zags. Um, I agree. You know, this could this could UCLA. be the forgotten where where the Zags actually go a little further than expected. I actually have TCU beating beating Gonzaga in the sec, in the round of thirty two. So, but yeah, I just something about Drew Timmy and and his facial hair in March. Like I think that he's they're destined to make a run. Yeah, um, people, nobody's saying their name this year. I'm picking UCLA to win there, um, and then we'll come back up here. We'll get into this. I'm picking. Mm, this is a tough one, but I just can't, I can't see Furman getting that far, so I'm gonna pick <laughs> West Virginia, unfortunately. And I'm West picking Virginia in the Elite Eight, huh? I do, I do. Okay. And yeah, then I I'm, Alabama. And then I'm picking Arizona to get the job done against Baylor. Yeah, I got a Bama Creighton match up there. Okay, and you have Bama winning, I assume. Yes, yes, I do. I have Bama in the Final Four. I'll come down here. I like Duke to beat Memphis, and I like Marquette to get the job done against Kansas State. I think my matchup there is uh, – I think I got Tennessee and Marquette, and then I got Marquette in the Final Four. Although, um, a, like a top two seed that starts the year unranked has never made the Final Four. So you could, I guess, eliminate Purdue and Marquette, but I really think Marquette's good. Yeah, I don't look too much into those statistics. I just pick with my with my heart and soul, which is usually why I get absolutely destroyed. Um <laughs> I like UCLA to beat Gonzaga here, and I like UConn to beat Arkansas. Yes, uh, yeah, I, I feel have, pretty. I feel yeah. pretty good about that side of the bracket. I have the, the West is the I only one I think. Really yeah, yeah, I I feel pretty good on the West. Um, and then I I this is where stuff gets weird for me. Um, I I just I don't want to put Kent State this far. Um, but I, I'm gonna put Auburn. I think if Auburn does upset Houston, I think they're gonna get the confidence to to make a run. They're just too athletic. And then I'm picking Xavier to beat Texas A&M. 
I like I trust bracket, Xavier man. getting here. Yeah, this is, I listen. This, this is some bracket. I think there I have uh I have Houston and Texas. I don't I don't know why, but I've always said the winner of Houston, Texas is gonna win the whole thing. And and that's bold because they're both in the same bracket. Um, One and two seeds, man. I just don't. I. I mean, that's a chalk bracket. I don't know. I don't see a lot of chalk on this on this year's bracket. This this would be the year where there's no chalk at all. Um, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, that's if, why my bracket looks like an absolute nightmare. If Marcus like Sasser a, does not play and he's not healthy, Houston's bowing out in the third round probably. But um, I think my final four is Alabama, Marquette, Houston, and UConn. I have UConn making it to the final four. Wow. Um, I would have had UCLA winning it all, but they lost two starters. All righty. I have Arizona and Xavier winning here. And then down here, I have Duke beating Marquette. And I have – this is a tough one for me. Um, I like UConn. That'll be a great game if that happens, man. That's a tough one, but I'm going to stick with UCLA just because I've seen him do it, and I, I know they're right. capable of doing it. Uh, yeah. I also like Tiger. I like the fact that his name's Tiger. Yeah, Tiger and Hakez are a great duo. And then I have Duke and I have UCLA as my final, and I have Duke winning the damn thing. Wow. The score is going to be, I don't even know, like 77. So is this just a Coach K spite bracket? Pretty much, you know, and that's that's my bracket. Uh, I know it looks like probably people are going to think I'm crazy, I just don't trust the one seeds, and I think there's a couple of those 13 or 12 seeds that can make a run, and I'm hoping that it's the ones that I picked. And I also don't trust the Big Ten. Those are the common themes. Jack, any sleeper that you have, or or John, any sleeper that you have that you think that we should look out for that that could make it could make it happen? Could make a Cinderella story. I think UConn was kind of my sleeper, if you wanna if you wanna call them that. I mean, four seed, it kind kind of goes either way, but I definitely think uh, they could go on a deep run. I'm going to, I'm going to give you a couple of six seeds. Um, I'll give Creighton and TCU. I think both teams have experience and both teams definitely have the ability to get to the elite eight, especially if, if Mark's, if all of Mark's one seeds go down, those six seeds are going to be looking pretty good if they can win a couple games. I think, I think John is underplaying his basketball knowledge because UConn is, is probably one of the better teams and they're underseeded vastly. So I think that's a good pick too. Yeah. Appreciate I, it. I mean, um, follow-up question. Uh, how quickly is Mark's bracket going to be absolutely busted? It pulls with that. Cause I, I'm thinking well, by, by second round, he's going to be in a lot of trouble if he's trying to win some money. John, believe it or not, the first game tomorrow is West Virginia against Maryland. If uh, Maryland gets it done, we could be looking at, Mark already losing an elite eight team by 2 PM on Thursday. (laughs) (laughs) And if and if West Virginia gets it done, we're looking at an absolute potential perfect bracket call from Mark Dukas himself. Listen, I will say if I am right, I look like a goddamn genius. Yes. So, Um, you know, I'll put that out there. Uh, no one's probably picking what I'm picking. I don't trust the one seeds. I'm sorry. I don't trust those teams that are, that are, you know, supposed to be good. Some of the two seeds, I don't trust past yeah. the first round. That's. I think that's this is fair. the year of I mean, chaos, dude. I think this is the year of chaos. I mean, some could, some, some can say that you probably could have hit random generator on that bracket and probably could have had, you know, the, the same amount of upsets. But um, I think, I think, uh, you know, much to your disagreement, I think Bama just has too much, 
star power. I think I also think it's Houston's year. I have Houston winning, but I will say just a fallback. If Houston loses early and Texas gets there, I think Texas will win. So somebody's coming out of that bracket, but I would not. I would certainly not be shocked if this was a Coach K spite year because I also think Coach K is a scumbag. It, it, it would so be good. a perfect storyline. It really yes. would be. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm kind of rooting for that to happen just because the storyline's too good. And Jack, look, don't be afraid to lay into Mark a little bit more, too, because he's had a lot of bad takes that I've had to listen to through football season and <laughs> that did not age very well. And so it's all right to let him know that you think, you know, uh, Bama's probably going to go deeper. TCU's going to go deeper. Houston's going to go deeper. I yeah. mean, I think it's a lot of teeth you're listing off right there, and you're being very nice about it. I, I was holding in laughter when Mark goes back up, scrolls up to the top of the screen, and we're looking at a Sweet 16 matchup of Auburn and Kent State. <laughs> Believe like, it. Or like Furman Believe and West Virginia. He's like, I don't want to pick Furman. I don't I wouldn't want to pick Furman could Furman, Furman could be a final four team for all we know. You yeah, know, I really in the CBI. No, Furman Final Four. It sounds you can see it on the newspaper right now. Print right. FFF. Got it. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, Jack, thanks for coming on and providing your expertise. Uh, even though, you know, I didn't really listen to a lot of it when I was adjusting my bracket. I, I would love to switch some of my picks. I just can't, you know, I, I trust what you're saying. And it definitely makes me second guess some of the, some of the upsets I have, but I, I do believe in my one seat opinions and uh, some of those eight nines that you, that you had, I mean, especially Illinois. Um if- and if, there's, if there's anything I can bring to the table, it's like, I think I, I have a pretty good record of, you know, winning people some money during this time of year. So I'm just a text away. If, you, if you're ever, if you're ever looking for some quick money, what is um, your best, what is your best two or three bets of the first round? All right. So I think, I think Missouri beats Utah state. Uh, um, that's, that's, that's a really popular, a uh, really popular pick. Especially for me, I think Missouri as an underdog is is almost free money. A twelve five, I think Miami's going to get it done. I just don't see Drake with enough firepower to match up with Wong and Pack. So you got Missouri, you got Miami, and then the last one, um, I think Duke's going to steamroll Oral Roberts. I mean, Oral Roberts has a seven foot five center, but he's also, I wouldn't be shocked if he's less than two hundred pounds. He looks that small. So I'm going to be high on Duke, Miami, and Missouri in the first round. Um, two of those games are essentially coin flips, but scared money does not make money. Jack, I will be taking you up on uh, that consultation, um, and I intend to follow your advice, uh, unlike Mark here. And Mark, I just hope you keep uh, you know, pumping the TikToks out um, you know, while we kind of watch your, your bracket rather rapidly deteriorate through the Can coming we- weeks here. Can we see Mark submit that bracket so we oh, yeah, yeah. know he's not just yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah of course we, let me go let me let me let me do this dude are you kidding me I want to see that thing go through the net I want I want Mark to to submit that and have that oh listen on- it'll go through the net and so will every single one of these teams I picked shots there you go there it is submitted submitted Boom. there it is all right it's official Jack thank you Officially- for coming I really appreciate it my friend. Yeah, man. It was great catching up with you guys. Uh, Love talking ball. Absolutely. Thanks, Jack. See you, buddy. See ya. Yeah, he made me look like an idiot, probably. I'm not going to lie. You know, I I did underplay how much college ball I've been watching. I haven't been watching a lot still, but a couple of those made me cringe. The the TCU move, I mean, 
I just think the Horned Frogs, you know, you heard Jack say there's some drama going on within the team. That's a bad time That's to true. have an issue. And I just, you know, I don't know. I think the Horned but, Frogs. Hey, magic the same is, time, you know, sometimes the, the adversity, right, that, that can be yeah. very motivating as well. So we'll, we'll see what too. happens when it comes to that. Um, all right. So moving on from that, we also have a lot to cover as far as NFL free agency goes. Um, first things first, Jimmy G is now a Las Vegas Raider. I think that's really interesting because of the fact that, statistically speaking, I think he's a very similar quarterback to Derek Carr. Um, you know, a little more handsome than Derek Carr, but wins more that, games. Wins more games than Derek Carr, sure. But I, I think that might come to a screeching halt when he does not have the stability um, that San Francisco kind of brings uh, to the table. He's he's back under McDaniel's. I, you know that I've been ragging on the Vegas ownership and management basically this entire season for pretty much fumbling the bag everywhere they possibly could. Um, so yeah, we'll see what happens. Devontae did not seem happy about that situation at all, which I do not blame him. Yeah. Um, one thing too about that one, um, I, I think it's a good fit for what they were trying to get. I mean, if you couldn't get Rogers, I think you go for Jimmy G played with, uh, McDaniels a lot of years in yeah. uh, New England, so they have that chemistry. I think that's a big reason he decided to go there and try to go get Jimmy G. So um, we'll see. We'll see if the chemistry is still there. We'll see if it still fits. And on the Raiders uh, topic as well, we also have Darren Waller heading to the Giants. Um, I'm really excited for Waller, honestly. I feel like he's an underappreciated tight end in the league. Um, he obviously has one of the better underdog stories in the NFL to be as good of a player as he is. And I think there's a lot more structure in Giants camp. And I think they are going to be a pretty decent team this next year. Uh, maybe, you know, tighten up some of those those loose bolts that they had uh, this season under Dable um, and, you know, run it back for that second year. Daniel Jones under contract, bringing back Saquon. They got a lot of draft capital to work with. So, yeah, I, th I think it'll be pretty decent. They essentially traded, John, the way it shook up, they essentially traded Kadarius Tony for Darren Waller. That's what ended up kind of happening because they ended up using those picks to get Waller. So right. in a roundabout way, I think that's a win for the Giants. And I think Daniel Jones has no excuses going into the season. It, it, we said it's his prove-it year. They paid him. Um, he, he has no excuse. I mean, he's got a star tight end. He's got some weapons around him. Like, it's, it's your time to shine or, you know, it's over for you. Well, they do need to beef up the receiving core a little bit more for, for Jones, but I do agree right. with you. And I have a feeling that's, you know, that and maybe some, some defensive pieces is probably what they're most likely to target in the draft here. So I will say, um, John, as we move into Juju Smith-Schuster with the New England Patriots, um, I want to say this is probably the downfall move of Juju. I think that he was trending downwards before going to Kansas City, before, he ha before having Mahomes as a quarterback. Now he has Mac Jones. Uh, if Mac Jones even lasts, it might we we might see more zappy time. Um, so I think Juju going to the Patriots is a bad move for him. I don't think that's going to help his career. Uh, that might be one of his worst decisions for his career. Culture, culture standpoint too. I really was scratching my head at that one. Like uh, I can say this much: I don't know a whole lot about Bill Belichick's opinion on TikTok, but I can promise you that it's not very positive. Um, and it's I probably, it's kind of like sending a, yeah, it's kind of like sending a, um, misbehaving 17 year old kid to the army, you know, and hoping he turns his life right. around. 
that's right, like kind of what put in like. right in military school to try to get his attitude in better shape. Yeah, it's and and that rarely ends up being positive. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I'm not feeling good about that one. Now, I, do you just want to segue into kind of Lions free agency in general? Because there's a lot to talk about there, and a lot that I'm frankly excited about, and also you know a little torn about. Um, kind of feels like a decent segue into it. So first of all, Brad Holmes apparently did not want to leave it up to the draft to find some cornerback help. He went straight to free agency. Uh, got Love Cam it. Sutton. Uh, yep, Cam Sutton from the Steelers, who was a stud for them. Uh, you know, he was kind of a CB2 for them, but he is uh, very versatile. Uh, apparently really good team player and culture guy. Very high football IQ. Um, and yeah, uh, just... All, all around probably a great fit for Detroit. And then we have Mosley on a $6 million contract coming from the 49ers. He's been battling some injury, but very uh, similar things are being said about his character, his football. Before, his, before his injury, he was very similar to the season that Sutton had. Uh, John, I love yeah. both of those guys. I think both those guys are going to come in and change our defense instantly. I mean, they're, they're good culture guys. They're great players. Um, and for what we try to do on the defensive side with bringing a lot of pressure, playing some man to man behind it, like those are guys you need to have in your secondary if you're going to do that. I agree. And I also think that, um, you know, this doesn't totally count out the fact they might go, uh, cornerback relatively high in the draft, but it relieves the pressure for them to have to do so at six or 18, right? Like you yeah. could grab a guy that you feel like is high value in the second round or maybe even the third round. And I would trust that decision from Holmes now that there, there's a little bit more depth to that position. You know who my guy is. I, I sent you some some stuff on him. I want Phillips from Utah, Phillips the third from Utah. I think we could probably get him in the second or third round. Um, I think he's one of the most underrated uh, defensive backs in the draft. And I think, I mean, I watched him play in a lot of games. He, he's a game changer. He's a ball hawk. He's aggressive. He can tackle. He can cover. He does everything. And he think we could get him later. Would love to see us pick him up in the draft. I love both those moves. And then, listen, the David Montgomery, I, I posted a, a short and a TikTok about this. And I'm very – I know John will probably have slightly different on, in opinion here. But yeah. I've said this for a long time. I, like, I love Jamal Williams just like everyone else in Detroit loved Jamal Williams. I just don't – I think he was vastly overrated for what he actually is as a player because of how likable he is and because of his stats getting padded from one-yard touchdowns and getting a ton of carries because Swift was injured. Swift's a much better back, I think, for – you know, he's more versatile. I think he can do more. His potential is much more. I know he dances a little bit more in that Bugs John, but he's a better back, and I think David Montgomery – is an upgraded version of what Jamal Williams was. And I think they'll use our offense. Our offense doesn't change very much getting Montgomery instead of Jamal. I just think you have a better RB one with Montgomery who can also catch out the backfield. Jamal wasn't as versatile. And then I just think that David Montgomery breaks tackles. He has more big playability. He's got more of a sample size of production than Jamal does. And I think we got him for less money than we were going to have to pay Jamal. It looks, it sounds like, so you get Montgomery was a better player. The same from, amount from what I could tell. So yeah. yeah. And it's like, to, to me, like, look, I agree with you completely. Montgomery is an objectively better player. Something like 14 of the 17 touchdowns that Williams had last season were within the two-yard line. Um, I, I'm purely upset about it because of the fact that Jamal seems like the soul of this team. He represented to me this new culture that the brand-new Lions brought to make them a winning team. So it sucks to lose that. However, I do agree with you that Montgomery is objectively a better player, and if you're going to 
you know, pay both players around the same contract with based off of what Williams got in this case, it would have been kind of ballpark the same contract. Um, look, Montgomery's the better player. And, you know, Holmes has to remove his emotions from those decisions, right? Because at the end of the day, he's got to win games. I think Montgomery on the field gives you a better shot at winning games than Williams does. And selfishly, Jamal Williams is now a saint. So he's going to my second favorite team. I'm personally not that sad about it because of that alone. That actually really made me smile when I read that headline this morning that he's going somewhere somewhere where I'm still going to be watching him every week. So that made me happy. You wake your ass up in paradise, roll over, check your phone. <laughs> oh, Jamal Williams is a saint. So I guess him leaving Detroit and going to my, other, my second favorite team isn't the worst thing in the world. Yeah, exactly. I definitely wasn't too mad about it. And then, uh, you know, just quickly uh, tying a bow on Lions free agency moves, uh, bringing back a lot of guys, too. They brought back Kaminsky. They brought back uh, Bugs. And then the more controversial one is they brought back uh, Anzalone. And look, to me, I think he's worth $6 million a year on a three-year contract because he is, yes, not a very high ceiling player, but he also has a very high floor. I think the past two years, he's not only shown growth and improvement, but I think He's not the reason for defensive breakdowns. He's just slow. You get good corners with high football IQs behind that. You get Malcolm Rodriguez on year two. I just think that's a reliable pick. He doesn't have injury issues or a history of them, rather. Like, I thought that was safe, and it seems like the coaches absolutely love him. They wanted to keep him around. I, I personally like that pick. I know a lot of Lions fans are pissed about it, but that's my take on it. I, yeah, I don't love it. I think we still I think we still draft a linebacker somewhere. I, we need someone in the middle that can run side to side better than Anzalone does. In today's game, um, the way that it's adjusted to beat teams in the playoffs that have some athletic running backs and have dynamic quarterbacks, you're going to have to have a linebacker that's more athletic than Anzalone. I'm sorry. Um, so we got to find a guy in the draft who can – hopefully steal his spot over time, but he's a good leader. He's a good guy to have around. Um, he's, he's good inside the gaps. I and mean, if you run right at him, he, him and Rodrigo typically get, get the ball down. But if you go side to side and you provide some speed and some, some lateral uh, movements, he might struggle, but right. and maybe, maybe that's what we look to address in the draft. Like you said, I think I do agree. That's our weak spot with our linebackers. We got guys that can fill gaps just fine that are rock solid there. Let's try to get a guy with a little bit more versatility Maybe can you know uh, drop into coverage when needed and things like that. So yeah, and uh, and I'll say this, John, uh, with you know moving on from the Lions, I think that they've had the second best free agency with Brad Holmes and what they've done so far this year. I think they're the second. They've made their they've had the second best improvements. I would say with free agency alone um, so far. I would say the the number one team, which we'll go into, is Miami. I think they've done an awesome job in free agency. I mean, obviously getting Jalen Ramsey, they basically stole Jalen Ramsey. I mean they. They didn't have to give up very much to get him. Um, and then they signed Mike White, who's a consistent backup quarterback to Tua and showed that Which he is could a great be, move. Showing, he could be a potential know, starter. I mean, he's yeah, yeah. He's, Tua's Tua's has he has injury issues. I'm no I'm not sure that they're sold on him still yet. And Mike White's a really good guy to have if you are having a hot year and Tua's the problem. Mike White's a good guy to put in there. We saw him do with the Jets last year, and barring an injury, he might have taken the Jets to the playoffs. So I think that those yeah. two moves alone, and they got another defensive back as well. Um, they're just they're doing things the right way in Miami. I think they're kind of you know I think they're figuring things out, and they have a it's a really stout defense now. Yeah, and then tell us your number three team because I think this is going to spur some discussion as well. Sure, my number three team in free agency um, for a couple different reasons. One of them was them trading the number one over pick, but it's the Chicago Bears. I like what the Bears have done the last week or so, week and a half. 
trading the number one pick, right? They weren't going to draft a quarterback anyway. I think that the Colts and, 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 you know, Frank Reich saw a potential to get CJ Stroud after he had a great pro day, or I'm sorry, a great combine uh, through really well. I think that they're going to go with CJ Stroud and they trade in. They got a ton of value for that number one pick, which is what they should do. Okay. Um, that puts them up there for me. And then I think they've done a good job in free agency. They've, they've, They've doubled down on linebacker. Okay, so now they have two great inside linebackers that can move. You talk about those athletic guys that the Lions don't have. The Bears have those guys. It's going to be really hard to run the ball against the Chicago Bears with those linebackers. Um, and then, obviously, you have DJ Moore in that trade uh, to kind of go along with what you're building around Justin Fields. I know you le- you lose David Montgomery, but they're, they're clearly building the receivers, and I think they also have put themselves in positions to draft JSN out of Ohio state with the ninth pick. I think he'll be there. I think they'll draft him. He was teammates with Justin Fields. Um, and now you have one of the best receiving cores in the NFC on top of one of the most athletic quarterbacks with some potential and to take a leap forward, not to mention you got your defense better. And if you draft well and you use those picks that you got the right way, the bears are looking really, really good to, to build a team. So I agree and I appreciate the aggression. I think they're doing a lot to address the receiving core. Um, and they're obviously trying to pad up their offensive line a little bit. My biggest issue is the money that they spent to get there, right? They made all of these moves to free up cap space. They had the most cap space uh, in the league by a pretty large margin, if I remember correctly. And then you go and you shell out something like $70 million in guaranteed money on three guys for like three-year contracts, right? And those are rock-solid dudes, right? They got Nate Davis, who's a you know, Titans, Edwards, and Edmonds, right? Like, these are good players, and maybe they're foundational players for these guys. I don't know. But I think the biggest issue that I have with that is, like, okay, you you had all this free cap space, and now you're once again trapping yourself in these huge money guaranteed contracts to try to attract good talent to your crummy team. Is that going to pan out for you, right? Right. Uh, they have a lot of draft capital to work with the next two years, so it might. I don't want to go ahead and say outright that it's it's not going to work out for them, but I've seen this happen with teams where they try to solve all their problems through free agency in one sweep because they have the cap space to do that, and they don't have the cap space to do it two or three years from now, right? And then they're in trouble, and they're cutting players left and right, and they're right back to where they started. Um, Patriots yeah. is a great example of this. You know, just two years ago, uh, Belichick went and spent crazy free agency money and like half of those dudes aren't on the team anymore and they have to make cuts left and right and a bunch of other trades and crazy stuff. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's, it's just something to consider. Um, I agree that as far as like what they're trying to solve with those free agents, I think the Bears are making a good move, but definitely something to keep an eye on moving forward. Um, yeah. Really the Jets really too. The Jets would be my fourth team, John. So, if you're looking at free agency, I, I, I have those teams. The Jets why are right there. Hard? I don't why, know. There's there's this guy named uh, there's this guy named Broadway Aaron is what I'm hearing they're calling him now. Um, you know they they lived by Broadway Joe Namath for that was basically the last great quarterback the Jets have ever had, and they just pulled in another number twelve who looks pretty damn good at the quarterback position. And it's not officially official yet, I don't think, but it seems like it's going to happen. And they got Alan Lazard to come with them. I think they're looking at some other guys to come along with Rogers. Maybe Odell. We'll see. Maybe Odell. Um, I know they were looking at Randall Cobb. I mean, you think about the uh, weapons. I mean, we've had Tyler Conklin on the show. Uh, I think he's going to take a huge step forward with, with Rogers at quarterback. You have 
guys like Garrett Wilson at receiver. You have guys uh, – They I know they got rid of Braxton Berrios, but they're going to bring in more guys at the receiver position that will develop with Aaron Rodgers. And that's a young team with a lot of weapons. Brees Hall should be back healthy. And then you have that defense. This is, I mean, the defense was one of the best in the league already last year. If you can't score on that Jets team, and it's hard to score on them, and then Rodgers is on the other on the other side, putting up points. And I think re, reunited with his former OC that he won back-to-back MVPs with and Hackett, who I know gets a lot of shit for his problems in Denver. But him and Rodgers clearly work together well. We talk about chemistry all the time on this podcast quarterback OC it's very important to have good chemistry they clearly do it's already been proven so I'm not worried about that um I think it's gonna yeah, be a smooth it's, transition it's scary man I, I I seriously think like and and yeah Rogers basically said by the way that the only thing that's got to get worked out is compensation for his right. contract uh between the two teams but yeah like I mean you talk about Conklin uh you know you got Wilson, you got Brees Hall back. You're bringing back Lazard, who's probably one of the best blocking wide receivers in the league. Maybe you get Odell out of the situation. Uh, You know, more might get, may or may not get traded. In general, this is a powerhouse of an offense with a really good offensive line, and now you're putting one of the best quarterbacks in the league behind it. Uh, I don't know. I think the Jets are instant contenders with that move. I think so too, dude. And they've been a tough division. My obviously better agency as well. The Bills are still the Bills. New England's going to struggle. I, I poor New England, honestly. Uh, that division, all of a sudden, from twenty years of Tom Brady just cakewalking that that division, all of a sudden they're the they're the underdog. You know, they're the, probably the fourth picked team in that division to come out of that. Um, yeah, no. If, if Rodgers change. goes to the Jets, I think you know. I mean, it's it's really difficult to say who's going to come out of that division because you know the Bills are going to run it back just fine. I think Miami got better this offseason, and the Jets will obviously get better. So. It's, it's going to be really interesting going into the season who's going to come out of that division. Yeah, another superstar quarterback signing to Tampa Bay, Baker Mayfield, who, Baker you know, Mayfield. he's he uh, did just enough, it seems like, with his little stint with L.A. to earn another opportunity with another team. That's kind of how it goes. He showed that that comeback win on Thursday night was that he still had that dog in him, that under, you know, underrated walk-on mentality. Um which is why I'll always root for Baker Mayfield, to be honest with you. And going to Tampa Bay is a good move. You know, they're going to be kind of in a rebuild, it seems like. And how do you replace Tom Brady? Well, I think you go get Baker Mayfield. I think that's the best way to replace Tom Brady. The GOAT, and you get the second coming of the GOAT. Yeah, the second coming (laughs) of Tom Brady and Baker Mayfield, for sure. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that just sounds right. It sounds about right. And then I, I think the other notable thing that I just want to talk about before we kind of wrap up here is uh, a couple of big things happened with Dallas. One, I think they might have made a move that makes them the best defense in the league next year, which is getting Gilmore, who had an outstanding season to Dallas. Uh, him and Diggs as your quarterbacks, that's terrifying. Um, not to mention you got Parsons and all those other dogs on that team. And then they also uh, cut Ezekiel Elliott, which I think, you know, based off of how things were going with Pollard and how expensive Zeke's contract was. We all kind of saw that coming. Um, I thought they were going to maybe go one more year with Zeke, but nope. And he actually, it sounds like might end up in Tampa, which is interesting. Uh, My favorite fun fact about that situation is the last play that Ezekiel Elliott played as a Dallas Cowboy was at center (laughs) getting pancakes. So sorry, Zeke. We'll always remember, we'll always remember the good. We'll always remember the good and the bad of Zeke. Um, he had a great run with Dallas. You know, I, I think he'll go elsewhere and probably get overpaid by somebody and won't. He'll just never be the same 
Zeke that we saw in his early years in Dallas. Uh, but yeah, I think getting Gilmore is a great move. It makes that defense even more dangerous because now you have a true cover guy. You have a guy like Diggs who can create turnovers and he'll take risks and can pretty much run with any receiver that they have. And then you put Micah Parsons and the, their ability to get pressure on the quarterback with the secondary behind it. A lot of turnovers will be created this year by the Dallas Cowboys, and that helps uh, that helps your offense out a lot. And then Powell's yeah, time. His time to see how they draft. I'm very curious to see how they draft with that situation. Um, I, you know, I mean, Hopkins is still floating out there. DJ Chark has not been re-signed. I'm trying to OBJ think is still games. out there too. You know, OBJ I know he's out, out there. I could see him with a the Dallas star running backs and not bad running backs either. So Eckler wants to be Eckler. You saw Eckler's on the trade block, right? He's there's some teams yeah. pursuing Austin Eckler, who that changes your team right away. I think he's yeah, that's a big one was, for sure. Um, and then John, you know, one of the last things we want to cover here, uh, kind of draft, kind of college football. Jalen Carter, you want to talk about why? That's right. So obviously, you know, Mark and I were pretty excited about Jalen Carter's draft stock uh, dropping with that entire situation um, last week. But then uh, Georgia's pro day was today, and he came in an additional 10 pounds heavier than he was at the combine. How you managed to do that in like three weeks, I'm not sure. Obviously, he's a big dude. Smoking pot and eating food. Smoking pot, eating food. And that was the other follow-up is he looked like he was hung over or something at that pro day. He was very sloppy in all of the drills. um, And he actually just tapped out. He he did not do any testing whatsoever. No 40 time, no broad jump, anything. He tapped out during the position uh, drills about halfway through claiming that he had cramps. And that was it. Um, Not a good look if you're trying to be a top five, top six overall pick. Um, And me as a Lions fan who was kind of targeting it, I, I, you know, I think I like Anderson or, or maybe even Tyree Wilson better than going Carter at six. So we'll see what happens there. It's just look, it's it's culture fit, it's attitude, it's you know being a good teammate. Like those are all things that are very important in this new like Dan Campbell Detroit Lions organization. Uh, Carter is yeah. currently showing signs that he might not be a good culture fit, and I think that's the biggest problem. Yeah, I, I I mean, you want to play a game of how to ruin your draft stock and go from a top three pick to a, you know, 10 through 15 pick. Jalen Carter's doing it. He's perfecting it. Uh, he's just messing up his draft stock. I don't know what the hell's going on with him. Um, you know, goes from winning a national championship and just everything since then has been downhill for him and his draft stock. Not good. Not a good look. Um, the one thing I'll, I'll leave us with too on this episode, because he kind of led right into it with the Lions and, you know, wanting to maybe get him with that sixth pick. I have two things that the Lions should do, and we'll go way more into detail as we get into our draft episodes, um, which will be coming up here pretty soon. We'll get some guests that might be getting drafted this year as well on here in the next few weeks. Um, if you're the Lions, I think you have two options, two really good options. You have the sixth pick. I think you either move up one or two spots to guarantee that you can get Will Anderson. And in order to do that, I think you give up a second or a third or a fourth round pick. Um, and then you can still probably get a guy that you need, whether it's a defensive back, a linebacker, a different interior D lineman uh, like John wants us to get. I think you still get the guy that you want to get, or at least maybe the second guy you want to get with your 18th pick. So you got to get, if you want to go in to get Will Anderson, I mean, you have the sixth pick, trade one of your later round picks, guarantee you get a guy like Will Anderson that's going to change your franchise. Or you trade your sixth pick away and you get more draft capital and then you do what you want to do in the later rounds. I think that's what you got to do because the sixth pick, I mean, there's just from those top five guys, 
there's a drop off. There's a big drop off in this year's draft. You don't, you're not in the quarterback market. Um, you don't really need receivers. You know, there's a lot of receivers that you could get with that six pick, but you don't really need that, right? You could probably get a really good solid receiver in the second, third round, a good corner in the second, third round, a really good interior defensive lineman with that first pick and the, the 18th overall pick. So you either trade away your or you to move up or you trade away the sixth pick to get more draft capital. That's that's my two options. I I feel really strongly about that. I think that we could see one of those two things happen. Yeah, and look, I, I think uh, you know Holmes has shown that he's he's not a baby, right? Like if he sees a player, he's that making he wants, moves. He will find a way to make the moves to get there. Um, if he truly sees in Will Anderson what you know a lot of people see in Will Anderson. I think he will make it happen. I think he'll, he'll probably go to the Cardinals and say, hey, you know, can we get you to trade down? We'll give you a second for it, you know, whatever. So I, I definitely uh, am not ruling that out. And I think the best part about us f- figuring out this corner situation is we really can just draft best player available. Who does yeah, Brad I mean, like the most out of, you know, where, where whoever's available, you know, in the draft and just run that back, have depth in good places, you know, put our rookies in good spots to develop. I mean, it's it's a really good situation. I'm excited to be a Lions fan um, and really excited for this draft. Excited to, you know, get some mock drafts going and stuff like that in the coming weeks. A lot of exciting stuff coming up. I mean, when was the last time the Lions were getting free agents willingly wanting to come here and not having to overpay them? You know, it, it just right. everything's lining up for Detroit. Uh, free agency's been nuts. We're going to have more updates probably coming the, the next couple days here. Um, we got draft stuff coming. We have some awesome guests coming on here pretty soon. We got March Madness. We'll keep updates going in every week's episodes of March as that tournament goes. Um, check out our social media. It's on the bottom. John did add it halfway through the episode, but check us out. Um, you know, TikToks, YouTube Shorts, Instagram, Twitter. Across a million uh, total views on all of our platforms this past week. So huge thank you to anybody checking us out. Uh, most of that's come from the short form content. We love making that stuff, but you know, hopefully that makes more people make their way over to the, the podcast as well. So we appreciate everybody. Super huge. Um, and like Mark said, socials down below, merch down below, any bit of support helps a lot and it just gets fed right back into making the podcast better. We appreciate everybody that that's, that's given us a listen and supports us. You know, we've got a lot of good feedback. Uh, we love everybody out there that's listening to us, John. We really do. Uh, Absolutely. We will see you guys next week with probably a lot more, uh, you know, interesting updates going on. So John, you got to say signing off. You got to say signing off from uh, Hawaii. Signing off from Maui, Hawaii. (laughs) (laughs) Peace out, everybody. See you guys.